What's going on guys? Welcome to Everything Always. My name's Michael Roman and as we reported last week, Falcon and the Winter Soldier would be back in Atlanta on set filming sometime around this week. And as evidence of this, last night social media blowing up, people posting a ton of footage from that on set filming. And if you're wondering why, I actually happen to live in Atlanta, Georgia and have firsthand knowledge of the location and why there was so much footage being leaked on Twitter and Instagram last night. We have some of the most important footage here including some fight footage of what looks like John Walker, Captain America. We're going to play the footage and break it all down, but first, if you could grab the subscribe button, we're giving away two PlayStation 4 Pros, as well as a whole slew of other Marvel-related stuff, including this insane one-fourth scale XM Studios Beta Ray Bill and our third and final Infinity Saga box set. If you want to be entered to win, all you have to do, hit the subscribe button, then hit the notification bell, leave a like and a comment on this video, and if you want, stick around to the end of the video, we'll get into all the giveaway stuff again there. So, we have some of the most important clips from yesterday's on-set filming, including a fight, and we're going to play those in just a second, but let me explain why there was so much footage hitting Twitter and Instagram last night. This was filmed at a location called Atlantic Station, which incidentally has the movie theater I always go see all of the Marvel movies at. That's an outside mall that's made to replicate a dense city environment, something like New York City. All of the shops are outside. They have high rises, including condos. People could easily step out on their balconies last night and look down at what was going on on the onset filming, as you can see in this clip here, and we're able to capture some of the fighting. And like I said, I'm pretty sure this is John Walker. Now we're going to go ahead and play this next clip for you guys. And you can easily see here that there is a fight scene going on and that it is John Walker, Captain America, as evidence of the costume that we've already seen in the trailer clips that we've had. And of course, you can notice there's no Falcon wings, meaning it's definitely not Sam Wilson. And while there have been rumors before of even a second or third character stepping up to try to take the Captain America mantle other than John Walker, we have no evidence of that yet. Now, this looks like an extension of some set footage we saw earlier in the year of them fighting behind a van that's on fire. And I'm pretty sure that last time the set footage was of Winter Soldier now. It's unseen him on this set anywhere, so it's not sure whether he's going to jump in here. And I also remember back on that other leaked set footage that there were a lot more villains surrounding the area. I'm wondering if this is before or after that or a totally different scene altogether. But if they're going to continue filming in Atlantic Station over the next couple of days and weeks, I guarantee you this is not the only footage that's going to make its way onto the internet and hopefully we'll be able to grab it for this channel before it gets deleted in various spots. Again, this is because they have a million condos and high rises all around that area. No matter where they film and how they cover it, somebody somewhere is going to be able to simply step outside and turn on their cell phone. Guys, let me know all your thoughts about this. A, how hype are you that Falcon and the Winter Soldier are officially back on set filming? That marks now proof of two Marvel films, both Shang-Chi, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and we assume WandaVision is somewhere right behind it if it hasn't started already. Let me know all your thoughts down below, and which one of these series do you want to see first? Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, or Black Widow? Right now, it is an absolute crapshoot to see which one comes up first, and we've talked about this at length at the channel. We have no idea what's actually kicking off Marvel Phase 4. Let me know all your thoughts down below, and quickly, 
let's get into the giveaway stuff before I let you go. We're still giving away two PlayStation 4 Pros, the next of which is at the 700,000 subscriber mark. If you want to be entered to win, all you have to do is hit the subscribe button, then hit the notification bell, leave a like and a comment on this video, and that'll automatically enter you to win all the rest of the prizes here at the channel, like this insane 1 4th scale XM Studios Beta Ray Bill, in no way an action figure, and almost a full 3 feet tall at 30 inches. This is an immaculately sculpted, museum quality piece, as well as our third and final Infinity Saga box set. We've already given away two here at the channel. These were limited in pre-production to 4,000 and sold out during pre-order. They have absolutely skyrocketed in value on the secondary market. This will be the third and final one we give away during the holiday season at the end of the year during December, regardless of the sub count. If you want to be entered to win either of the PlayStations, the Beta Ray Bill, or this third and final Infinity Saga box set, all the same rules at the channel will always apply. Hit the subscribe button, then hit the notification bell with notifications turned on to keep up with the channel. Leave a like and a comment on this video, and because it's truly random, the more videos that you comment on, the better chance you have of winning. All winners will be announced at the end of videos and again chosen randomly, and if you've missed any of the previous winner announcements, no worries, all you have to do, scroll back to the channel, look for the winner announcement in the sub count in the title, click on that video and scroll to the end. My name is Michael Roman, this is everything always. Guys, thanks for checking out the channel and stick around. We'll be posting again real, real soon. What's going on guys? Welcome to Everything Always. My name's Michael Roman. You may have seen the headline breaking somewhere, well, pretty much everywhere in the last 20 minutes. Harry Styles confirmed to be heading to the MCU. We're going to break down where this story is coming from, a very reliable source. We now also have a screenshot of the tweet, which was deleted very shortly after, and of course speculate on which Marvel movie he would be headed to. But first, if you could grab the subscribe button, we're giving away two PlayStation 4 Pros, as well as a whole slew of other Marvel-related stuff, including this insane one-fourth scale XM Studios Beta Ray Bill and our third and final Infinity Saga box set. If you want to be entered to win, all you have to do, hit the subscribe button, then hit the notification bell, leave a like and a comment on this video, and if you want, stick around to the end of the video, we'll get into all the giveaway stuff again there. So how it went down before the tweet was deleted, and we have it right here for you. The first tweet that went out came from the official account of Justin Kroll. He's a journalist over at Deadline. That's one of the most trusted Hollywood trades. He tweeted out exclusive in his first acting job since Dunkirk. Harry Styles is set to join the ensemble of at Olivia Wilde's next directing job. Don't worry, darling. Deadline.com, and he goes ahead and links the article. It was the second tweet that held the huge reveal coming from Chris Tapley, who happens to be a journalist over at Variety, tweeting from his official account, second, if we're counting the Marvel movie, no one knows he's in, which means this would be the second job since his first acting job on Dunkirk, which means he's already in a Marvel movie that's filmed. Well, considering there's only two, Black Widow and The Eternals, and what we already know about where they filmed and the type of movies that they are, everybody is pointing directly at The Eternals as the most likely place that we'll see him show up. And of course, we know very little about that film, except for the fact that it's done filming and that if he's in it, we're not going to know until the reveal. Of course, now the cat is completely out of the bag. And again, with only two movies filmed, it's going to be pretty easy for people to start prying and try to find out where he'll be. It's pretty also interesting that this Twitter journalist decided to go ahead and tweet this out with enough confidence knowing that it's true he would be putting his job on the line but that they knew this and they didn't break it at Variety as a headline. This is a huge headline. I'm kind of curious as to how all that went down and why Chris felt like it was a great place to reveal this on his official Twitter. Again, instead of a headline in the publication that he works for that could have garnered a ton of attention, 
they're a news agency, that's what they trade in. Who knows, but either way, now we all know Harry Styles is headed to the MCU, either in Black Widow or the Eternals, and most likely the Eternals given everything we know. Guys, let me know your thoughts down below. Did you like his acting in Dunkirk? Are you a fan of Harry Styles? And if you had to guess which character he's playing, I know the ensemble of the Eternals has a ton of characters we all know nothing about, and probably is going to contain some new characters that haven't been leaked or rumored yet. We're going to find out all about them. It seems like the perfect place for someone like him to show up but let me know all your thoughts down below quickly let's get into the giveaway stuff before i let you go we're still giving away two playstation 4 pros the next of which is at the 700,000 subscriber mark if you want to be entered to win all you have to do hit the subscribe button then hit the notification bell leave a like and a comment on this video and that'll automatically enter you to win all the rest of the prizes here at the channel like this insane one fourth scale xm studios beta ray bill and no way an action figure at almost a full three feet tall this is an immaculately sculpted museum quality piece and and our third and final Infinity Saga box set. We've already given away two here at the channel. We'll be giving away this third one during the holiday season. If you want to be entered to win any of the prizes, the PlayStation's, the Beta Ray Bill, the Infinity Saga box set, or any of the future prizes that we give away here at the channel, all the same rules will always apply. Hit the subscribe button, then hit the notification bell with notifications turned on to keep up with the channel. Leave a like and a comment on this video, and because it's truly random, the more videos you comment on, the better chance you have of winning. All winners will be announced at the end of videos the same way we're doing here, and if you've missed any of the winner announcements, no worries. All you have to do is scroll back to the channel, look for the winner announcement in the sub count in the title, click on that video, and scroll to the end. My name is Michael Roman. This is everything always, guys. Thanks so much for checking out the channel, and stick around. We'll be posting again real, real soon. Hi everybody, I hope you're having a great day. In this video, I'm going to be covering the two Wakandans that went by the name Njadaka that were enhanced by a Klintar symbiote. But more simply, I'd just like to call the combined being Symbiote Killmonger. Now, the newer Njadaka and his symbiote made its first appearance in Black Panther Volume 7, issue number two, that was released in August of 2017. Keep in mind that the original Njadaka, aka Eric Killmonger, also shared this symbiote, and he's much older, making his first appearance in Jungle Action issue number 6 that was released in September of 1973. And the new Njadaka's stats are unknown, other than the fact that he has brown eyes and black hair, while the original Killmonger stands 6 feet 6 inches tall and weighs 225 pounds, also having brown eyes and black hair. Either way, their height and weight are variable after they don the Klintar symbiote, which itself tends to take on the appearance of the Black Panther vibranium armor, albeit displaying yellowish eyes and a more ethereal look, having tendrils and a tattered appearance that complement well the claws and other protrusions that come with your typical Klintar symbiote. Now, both Njadaka's with this symbiote is extremely powerful, with the newer one being the premier warrior of the entire intergalactic Wakandan Empire, and the classic one being a great warrior as well, having been mystically enhanced several times over. The combined being has vast superhuman strength, speed, durability, agility, healing factor, shape-shifting, constituent matter generation in which it can make various organic weapons, as well as the small ability to be able to kill Wakandan gods. Oh yeah, I didn't mention that they battled the panther god Bast and actually drained her of her powers, becoming the panther deity itself. 
Now, eventually, the new Njadaka became the champion of the intergalactic empire of Wakanda, having unmatched exploits in their campaign to expand the empire. But unfortunately, after a successful campaign against the Shi'ar Empire, he received much praise and a hero's welcome when he came home. And this led the sitting Wakandan emperor to fear that he would one day overthrow him. So you can see where this is going. Njadaka was later sent out on an extremely dangerous, basically suicide mission in the Matrix of Mamadou. There his forces would succumb to the overwhelming battle, and he and a small team would luckily survive hiding in a cave. Here is when he would come across a single surviving Klintar symbiote, which had somehow lived through basically a Wakandan extermination. Since they both shared a hatred and feeling of betrayal from the Wakandan Emperor, they bonded perfectly together. It's actually being very similar to the perfect bond between Eddie Brock and Venom, as well as Cletus Cassidy and Carnage. Together, they were instantly able to defeat all the forces standing against them, and then they set their sights on returning to the Empire homeworld, dispatching of the Emperor to become the new ruler of the Empire. Njadaka would then go on ruling for years, constantly wearing his symbiote as a uniform. But in his quest for power, also feeling betrayed by the gods of Wakanda, he would cunningly approach the gods and engage Bast in battle, actually tricking the god into biting him, which allowed the symbiote to absorb most all of its power. Now, as a sitting panther deity, he would still become paranoid of Black Panther T'Challa when he visited the intergalactic Wakandan Empire, leaving Wakanda Prime back on Earth. Emperor Njadaka and his armies would then attack, although they'd ultimately be defeated and he would be killed. But the symbiote was so loyal to Njadaka that he would imprint his personality and mind onto itself, which effectively let his consciousness live on within the symbiote itself. It would sneak a ride on T'Challa's ship, planning on taking revenge by conquering Wakanda Prime on Earth. And after getting there and briefly taking the intellectual rebel known as Shangamayr as a host, then recruiting the revolutionaries Zenzi and Tetu, they would seek out the grave of the legendary Eric Killmonger while the rest of their forces attacked Wakanda Prime. They took Killmonger to the Altar of Resurrection, and although they were interrupted by T'Challa and his friends attacking them, the symbiote decided to bond with the corpse, which left them as a powerful being that possessed three different consciousnesses. But the symbiote and the new Njajaka were at odds with the resurrected Killmonger, who vowed to subdue these two invading consciousnesses and regain control of his newly resurrected body. Now, due to his powers and abilities and his influence on the Marvel Universe, for my 1 to 10 rating, I'll give the so-called symbiote Killmonger a rating of 9, which is an epic rating. I hope everyone enjoyed this video. I'll talk to you next time. Be sure to like, subscribe, and join the new Sage. What's going on guys? Welcome to Everything Always. My name is Michael Roman. You may or may not have seen the headline in the last 48 hours that Sony is done releasing movies for the time being. And of course, with all of their investments into the superhero side of things and their ties to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, a lot of us are wondering what that means for the upcoming 2021 year where they're slated to have Morbius, Venom, and of course, 
Spider-Man 3 released, and if the quotes are right and they meant what they said, there won't be any Spider-Man 3 coming. We're going to break down exactly what they announced and what that means for the upcoming three films we're all expecting, including Spider-Man 3, Venom 2, and Morbius. But first, if you could grab the subscribe button, we're giving away two PlayStation 4 Pros, as well as a whole slew of other Marvel-related stuff, including this insane one-fourth scale XM Studios Beta Ray Bill and this final Infinity Saga box set. If you want to be entered to win, all you have to do hit the subscribe button, then hit the notification bell, leave a like and a comment on this video, and if you want, stick around to the end of the video, we'll get into all the giveaway stuff again there. So this initial report broke two nights ago via CBR.com, saying that after the Bank of America's 2020 Media Communications and Entertainment Conference with Sony Pictures Entertainment, the chairman, Tony Vincicuera, said, quote, what we won't do is make the mistake of putting a very, very expensive $200 million movie out in the market unless we're sure that theaters are open and operating at significant capacity. Now, first things first, Spider-Man Far From Home's budget was $160 million, and you have to assume for Venom 2, which had less of a budget but now has high anticipation, and with the arrival of Carnage, maybe an even a Tom Holland, Peter Parker cameo, and the budgets for Morbius, he's talking about these films in particular, and another important fact about Sony is that they are a huge company. Of course, PlayStation is part of their entertainment division. They have a ton of technology. Their movie studio and entertainment side is only one small part of the company, so they can afford to not release any movies and only have it be a small significant part of their bottom line, which is why they can afford to say this, hey, we're not going to put movies out until we can make most of our money back off of them. Now, of course, you'll notice they pushed Spider-Man 3 all the way back to December of 2021, much in the way that Marvel came out earlier this year and pushed Black Widow all the way to the end of the year in November, maximizing the amount of time between their announcement and if they'd have to move it again, all the decision making they'd have, they have a wait and see attitude basically, gives them all of 2021 with Spider-Man Far From Home. The problem being that we are way under capacity for how many theaters are open in the United States, there's somewhere around 5,000. And until those are all open and able to sell a majority of their seats, which we are still a far way off, none of these movies are coming out. No Morbius in spring of next year, of course, no Venom 2 after that, and no Spider-Man 3. This may be produced by Marvel, but it's released and distributed by Sony Entertainment. That's the part of their deal, which means they won't be putting Spider-Man 3 in theaters next December unless all of the theaters are open and we're able to go basically until things are back to normal. Now, some of you may have seen a quote, and I'm absolutely not gonna step in it here because I don't care which side of the aisle you're on, being safe is being safe, and this disease doesn't care who or where you come from. Dr. Fauci saying that we won't be able to sit in a movie theater until maybe a year after a vaccine comes out, and we're nowhere near really a vaccine yet. We've been talking about it in the news. Still, it seems like we are a far way off from any sort of normalcy. And if Sony is deciding to wait until that normalcy returns in order to give us movies so they can maximize their bottom line, then there's a good shot we're not going to get Spider-Man 3 next year. And that ties into all of the reports last week at the channel, which is what spurred us to do this video today, because we did make mention that Doctor Strange 2 was in fact heading to production before Spider-Man 3 and could move up to take the release spot in late 2021, either late November, early December, where Spider-Man wouldn't be. Now we hear this from Sony, and it makes a lot more sense why Marvel may be prioritizing that and trying to get the Multiverse of Madness out 
sooner than later so that if they decide they are going to be releasing films, they can release it there where Spider-Man 3 would have been, which means Sony's probably going to break their track record of releasing a Spider-Man movie every other year, and since that has been their MO up until now, that's going to push the Spider-Man movies off by year, and it'll change into the 2022, 2024, 2026, every other year release dates, instead of the odd numbers that we've got now. Either way, I'm not surprised about this. Sony can afford to wait. Think about it. They've got a PlayStation 5 releasing at the end of this year. It's going to be the majority of their bottom line in the entertainment division anyway. That crosses over with their technology. They're still making money off the Spider-Man IP with the release of the Spider-Man PS4 game that's a sequel to the original featuring Miles Morales as the launch title for their new PS5 system, it's going to be a ton of money for them. What sucks for us as Marvel fans is we may be a ways off seeing Morbius, Venom 2, or Spider-Man 3. Guys, let me know all your thoughts down below in the comments. Did you see this coming when they kept pushing production back and back? The fact that Tom Holland said he'd be on set this year, and now it was next year. And did you also anticipate the fact that maybe... We were going to be sitting out for movies next year too, dare I say it. What does this mean for release for video on demand for Disney? Well, it looks as though Disney wants to follow suit with Sony, dig in and not release movies if they don't have to either, which means we may be waiting which, uh, a little while longer. Let me know all your thoughts down below and quickly let's get into the giveaway stuff before I let you go. We're still giving away two PlayStation 4 Pros, the next of which is at the 700,000 subscriber mark. If you want to be entered to win, all you have to do, hit the subscribe button, then hit the notification bell, leave a like and a comment on this video and that'll automatically enter you to win all the rest of the prizes here at the channel like this insane 1 4th scale XM Studios Beta Ray Bill and our third and final Infinity Saga box set. We already gave away two. This year we'll be giving this one away during December. The holiday season at the end of the year regardless of the sub count. Again, if you want to be entered to win any of the prizes, all the same rules will always apply. Hit the subscribe button, then hit the notification bell with notifications turned on in order to keep up with the channel. Leave a like and a comment on this video, and because it's truly random, the more videos you comment on, the better chance you have of winning. All winners will be announced at the end of the video, and if you've missed any of the previous winner announcements, no worries. All you do, scroll back to the channel, look for the winner announcement in the sub count in the title, click on that video, and scroll to the end. My name is Michael Roman. This is Everything Always. Guys, thanks for checking out the channel, and stick around. We'll be posting again real, real soon. Welcome back to New Rockstars, I'm Eric Voss, and losing Chadwick Boseman devastated fans everywhere. Especially those of us in the nerd world whose whole lives revolved around an appreciation and curiosity over how the Black Panther would lead the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The news of his death caught us all by surprise, and I have spent these past couple weeks just trying to respect Boseman's work, mostly by avoiding speculation about what Marvel Studios might try to do next. I mean, I didn't even really do a reaction or a news report video, just because it felt weird to me to try to spin this when all I really wanted to do was reflect on Chadwick, his various roles, and his struggle. So despite the many requests I've gotten, I have repeatedly just asked the Marvel fans out there for patience on the whole what happens now question, just out of respect. In this video, I'm gonna update you on the whole Black Panther 2 situation, clear up any questions you might have, try to explain how I am looking at Marvel's future in the context of Black Panther, but really just to kind of describe the conversation I hope we can have 
have about this. Because honestly, all I care about is respecting Chadwick and amplifying the message that he wanted us to hear. So Chadwick Boseman was diagnosed with stage 3 colon cancer in 2016, but he continued to work on Marvel films like Black Panther, Infinity War, Endgame. The only ones who knew about his illness were reportedly his family, his agent, his trainer, and the director of the movie 42, Brian Helgeland. Black Panther director Ryan Coogler did not know. He was in the middle of writing the script for Black Panther 2, assuming Boseman would return as T'Challa. In Coogler's statement, he said, I spent the last year preparing, imagining, and writing words for him to say that we weren't destined to see. It leaves me broken knowing I won't be able to watch another close-up of him in the monitor again or walk up to him and ask for another take. Marvel head Kevin Feige didn't know either. He said he found out via email the day of Bozeman's death. Now, Bozeman had lost a ton of weight, which did concern many on social media, but Bozeman's family recently said he was convinced a week before his death that he'd be able to rally and return to shoot Black Panther 2 this March. Now, many have wondered how it could be possible this was such a secret, believing that major movie stars must have to undergo some kind of medical exam for insurance reasons. But it turns out, according to a film finance attorney, the bigger studios like Disney don't get completion bonds and are more likely to shoulder the risk of things like sickness or death. Look, I gotta say, I am very uncomfortable with this conversation moving on to what Marvel Studios might do next. Because let's face it, we don't have a lot of experience having this conversation. Neither does Hollywood, by the way. This industry has lost actors midway through development or through production. They sometimes recast. Sometimes they resort to awkward VFX to digitally insert actors back into the film. Sometimes it's done tastefully. Sometimes less so. Really, I see this as a struggle between two general directions the logical path and the impactful path. Now, a number of fans and Hollywood producers are very good at the logical path. It's like they're grabbing you by the shoulder saying, okay, look, we gotta recast, we gotta move on. I don't wanna be sad anymore. We can make this work with uh, resampled audio and existing footage. We can spin this into an adaptation of like this comic series or launch a new hero or a new villain or a toy line. There's money to be made. Let's go, 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 go. I do not believe that is the direction we need to go right now. I mean, we could, but I don't think we should. Actually, not to get too Cat Stevens on you right now, but I think a lot in life is could versus should. So in terms of the impactful path forward, I think we need to think about what the impact of these decisions will be, and even more importantly, what Chadwick wanted. Because he knew how important this franchise was to young fans. You've probably seen this clip by now, but he once got emotional talking about terminally ill fans trying to hold on until Black Panther released. To a certain degree, it's a humbling experience because you're like, this can't mean that much to them, you know? But seeing how the world has taken this on, I realized that they anticipated something great. And um, I think back now to a kid and just, you know, uh, waiting for Christmas to come, waiting for my birthday to come, mm. uh, waiting for a toy that was going to, that I was going to get a chance to experience or a video game. I did live life waiting for those moments. And so it put me back in the mind of being a kid just just to experience those two little boys' um, anticipation of this movie. And when I found out that they... Whew. Take your time with it. Yeah, it's, it's, it means a lot. That says it all. He knew Black Panther was shared by everyone. It was a celebration of so many faces, so many tribes. It is so meaningful 
for this title to live on. Black Panther 2 might be delayed, that is okay, but it will not and should not be just cancelled. But it also looks likely that the character of T'Challa might be ending with Chadwick Boseman. There don't appear to be any plans to recast or use CGI to awkwardly like try to puppet him back to life. If you looked at Kevin Feige's statement, he said that Boseman was as smart and kind and powerful and strong as any person he portrayed and he now takes his place alongside them as an icon for the ages. That, along with Kugler's statement about writing words for a character that we'll never see, suggests to me that the director and the studio are doing a great job keeping that image impactful path in mind. Recasting is an option they could consider years from now, like maybe when all Marvel heroes are being rebooted in some like alternate multiverse reality. And yeah, while maybe a VFX cameo of Chadwick Boseman's appearance among his ancestors on the ancestral plane could be a very beautiful and tasteful inclusion. But let's be clear, I do not want Boseman's likeness digitally jammed into some weird prologue death scene, or for his existing audio to be chopped up and recontextualized like they did with Carrie Fisher in The Rise of Skywalker. And I hate to even be talking about this, but you're already seeing people doing this with Chadwick Boseman. That moment in Captain America Civil War when T'Challa is mourning his father, people are editing this clip into their tributes. In my culture, death is not the end. It's more of a stepping off point. You reach out with both hands and bust and segment. They lead you into the green veld where around forever. Sure, it's a beautiful moment delivered perfectly by Chadwick Boseman, but also one being taken completely out of context of what this moment was really about. That sounds very peaceful. My father thought so. I am not my father. Task force will decide who brings in Barnes. Don't bother Ms. Romanoff. I'll kill him myself. Yes, also a great delivery necessary to establish T'Challa's dramatic art from vengeance to forgiveness in that particular film. But you see, by trimming this clip, well-intentioned folks are already eager to like re-edit Bozeman out of his context to make their statement about him. It's like the blood is invisible. Like I get if you want to use this as an example of Bozeman's amazing performances, cool, cool. But just please stop using this line as a weird epitaph. Anyway, Marvel Comics already has a tradition in place to pass down a mantle from one generation to the next. They pass the torch. They do not replace or erase. Spider-Man passed from Peter Parker to Miles Morales in the Ultimate Comics. Ant-Man passed from Hank Pym to Scott Lang. And yes, the Black Panther is a title inherited by T'Challa from his father T'Chaka and then passed on in recent comics to his sister Shuri. By the way, I think it's very telling that Marvel recently made Shuri Black Panther comic storylines available to read for free. Shuri taking over the mantle was probably in Marvel's plan for a future film. Definitely not right away though. And yeah, I hear the concerns that even that might feel too soon to some audiences. Now there are some ways Coogler and Marvel could mitigate that, like a time jump, maybe attached prelude comics to the film, giving us accounts of T'Challa's many heroic adventures, maybe a tasteful off-screen departure for T'Challa that doesn't minimize it as a plot point or try to tie in a new threat with it, maybe some heroic self-sacrifice where he saves Shuri by transferring that vibranium necklace to her and maybe encasing her in its protection as we've seen Marvel heroes do before. Now I will say that sharing power like that is a core theme to Black Panther, a very impactful one, and that power doesn't have to stop at Shuri, she could take on an even younger protege to pass that torch on to in the future. I 
I don't know. I'm just gonna trust Marvel to take its time, consult with the cast, consult with Bozeman's loved ones, figure out the most respectful and impactful way forward. Don't try to rush any logical fixes like, oh, we got it, the character will die defending Wakanda from Namor, or we'll use this to introduce the X-Men. No, no thanks. I don't need Bozeman's death to be exploited for franchise world building. And honestly, I don't need Black Panther 2 to make its May 2022 deadline. It probably wasn't gonna stick to that anyway. Just take all the time you need. And for all of you watching, let me know what you think the most appropriate way forward is. And please try to keep it civil in those comments. Obviously, this is a very difficult thing to talk about. But uh, before I go, just a little reminder that New Rock Stars tomorrow will be doing a live watch party for the DC Fandom event. Our good friend Hector Navarro is hosting the live stream here on New Rock Stars YouTube channel tomorrow, covering all the panels and reveals. So be sure to tune in for that. But as for this video, that's all I have for you. Thank you for watching and, um, to Chadwick Boseman, thank you to staying so strong for us, King. What's going on guys? Welcome to Everything Always. My name is Michael Roman. Now on the heels of this past month's tragedy with the passing of Chadwick Boseman and the following outpouring of love, commemoration, and tribute for this profound actor, there was one sentiment that seemed to resonate everywhere. Never recast T'Challa, Chadwick Boseman's representation of that Black Panther to be the only one in the MCU, much in the way people say that about Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man, and the very obvious solution that presents itself is something that's happened in the comics before, passing the mantle of Black Panther down to his younger sister, Shuri. And while I can agree and get behind all of that, there's one fact that weighs heavy on my mind, and that's that Black Panther, specifically T'Challa, had some of the most important narrative arcs and pointed moments in the upcoming Marvel's Phase 5 through 8, especially if it's to culminate in Secret Wars and the other two, Oh, those are just the markings and the crossing overs of great teams like X-Men and the Avengers and even the Illuminati and the Fantastic Four. Today, we're going to break down the three major things, possibly the most important events that would have taken place, two of which most definitely in the upcoming next Marvel saga that would have seen T'Challa leading the way on each of them. But first, if you could grab the subscribe button, we're giving away two PlayStation 4 Pros, as well as a whole slew of other Marvel-related stuff, including this insane one-fourth scale XM Studios Beta Ray Bill and our third and final Infinity Saga box set. If you want to be entered to win, all you have to do, hit the subscribe button, then hit the notification bell, leave a like and a comment on this video, and if you want, stick around to the end of the video. We'll get into all the giveaway stuff again there. So of course, there are some presumptions in this video that the next saga, whatever it may be called, mirroring the Infinity Saga for Marvel Studios, say Marvel's phases five through eight, was going to touch on pointed moments from the comics. And since they've done that in the Infinity Saga, you have to assume they would have done that going forward. Now, the first super important thing to happen that T'Challa would have been at the forefront of and a major member of was a crossing over of all of the upcoming superhero teams that are going to fight alongside the Avengers 
in the formation of the Illuminati, which may have been and may still be the next title under New Avengers. Now, drawing directly from what happened in the comics, Iron Man representing the Avengers, Mr. Fantastic obviously representing the Fantastic Four, Namor from Atlantis, Black Bolt representing the Inhumans, Professor X from the X-Men, and Black Panther, of course, representing Wakanda, Doctor Strange, the Sorcerer Supreme, all meet in Wakanda in the aftermath of the Kree Scroll War that ravages Earth. Now, we all assume we're going to see some part of this and Secret Evasion in the upcoming Captain Marvel 2, which could lead directly into this formation of Illuminati and would be right on schedule for Avengers 5, or should we say the new Avengers keeping par with the first Illuminati comic title. Now, of course, if they pass the mantle down to Shuri, she can take her place on the council and would go a long way in fixing the very obvious gender imbalance. But the important part of T'Challa, especially early in the story, is that he ends up being the first real voice of reason in the room, does not accept this meeting and says they shouldn't have this council in the first place because he predicts disaster whenever they disagree in a serious moment, which obviously is a piece of foretelling and necessary for that first meeting as he can take a step back and see what's going to happen with this this meeting of the minds if they're all trying to make decisions and if ever they don't agree on the path forward and of course Shuri can do this but this is a major marker for T'Challa and showing his growth and leadership amongst the best of the best in the leaders among other groups now the second huge thing that T'Challa would have ended up doing so to speak would have become the Tony Stark the Iron Man the Robert Downey Jr. of the upcoming saga when he would be the one to take on God Emperor Doom in the culmination of Secret Wars. Now, are we getting ahead of ourselves? Maybe a little bit, but I'm gonna link that Secret Wars teaser that I made at the end of this video. You can listen to the Rousseau brothers say that when they made Infinity War, they made it with the idea of Secret Wars in mind. Just watch the video, but after you listen to it, you're pretty sure they're coming back for that, and when they would, melding together the comics that they read back in the early 1980s with the storyline from 2015, it would culminate in God King Doom ruling over Battleworld, and it would be T'Challa who would wield the Infinity Gauntlet, leading an entire army of Marvel zombies to eventually defeat King Doom. Like I said, it would be the Tony Stark moment for T'Challa, a character stemming all the way back to the middle part of the Infinity Saga and finishing off this middle saga, depending on what they decide to call it and if they'll call it a saga at all. And I think it's also important to note at this point as we enter into Phase 4 and the Multiverse of Madness that this 2015 run heavily relied on the multiverse, the battle world. It sort of paired the Ultimates and the 616 universe, and you could have versions of these characters, including T'Challa, from an alternate like say 1610 or 1616 universe somewhere out there but that would just feel a little weird it would essentially be a recast in and of itself and if they're going to do that then why not continue the main narrative that's already going through the mcu as there's so much left for this character this t'challa to do namely the third thing on the list and that would have been a marriage to storm and a pairing of two of the major characters from the avengers as we know it and then the X-Men. Now look, this isn't a have to happen in the upcoming saga, but it would have been an emotional crossover between two characters that are on two different teams, one that already means so much to us and one that is going to, and would have really helped flesh out the arcs for them on a personal level with their interaction between each other. We're not going to get to see that now, especially if they don't recast T'Challa, which like I said in the prologue, I'm all for, especially considering there is recent comic book precedent 
for them to pass the mantle down to his younger sister Shuri, it's just going to preclude some of these major moments from the comics that were awesome from Black Panther, and some of which we definitely would have gotten to see over the upcoming years. Guys, let me know all your thoughts down below about the marriage to Storm and or him facing off against God King Doom. And of course, they can have Illuminati without Black Panther. But as I mentioned, he has a very important role to play in the foretelling of what happens with that council in the very first meeting of the group, not to mention the fact that it takes place in Wakanda itself. Guys, let me know all your thoughts and feedback down in the comments and quickly Let's get into the giveaway stuff before I let you go. We're still giving away two PlayStation 4 Pros, the next of which is at the 700,000 subscriber mark. Of course, we will switch over to the PlayStation 5, but with the delays to technology this year and the limits in pre-orders, we won't give those away until we have them in hand. In the meantime, if you want to be entered to win, all you have to do, hit the subscribe button, then hit the notification bell, leave a like and a comment on this video, and that'll automatically enter you to win all the rest of the prizes here at the channel, like this insane 1 4th scale XM Studio. Beta Ray Bill, in no way an action figure at over 30 inches tall. This is an immaculately sculpted museum quality piece, again from XM Studios, and our third and final Infinity Saga box set. These were limited in pre-order to 4,000, sold out immediately last year and have absolutely skyrocketed in value on the secondary market. We already gave away two here at the channel earlier in the year. We're going to give away this third and final one at the channel during December, the holiday season, regardless of the subscriber count. If you want to be entered to win either of the PlayStations, the XM Studios Beta Ray Bill, or this Infinity Saga box set, or any of the future prizes here at the channel, all the same rules will always apply. Hit the subscribe button to make sure you're a subscriber, then hit the notification bell with notifications turned on to keep up with the channel, leave a like and a comment on this video, and because it's truly random, the more videos you like and comment on, the better chance you have of winning. All winners will be announced at the end of the video the same way we're doing here, and if you missed any of the previous winner announcements, no worries, all you have to do, scroll back through the channel, look for the winner announcement in the sub count in the title, click on that video, and scroll to the end. My name's Michael Roman, this is everything always, guys. Thanks so much for checking out the channel, and stick around, we'll be posting again real real soon the answer is you suck and um, I look forward to you sucking again in season two um, and uh, I look forward to collecting uh, some more trophies Welcome back everyone, it's Charlie. This is going to be my new Thor 4 Love and Thunder Avengers 5 video. Chris Hensworth just confirmed some big details about the future of Thor in the MCU, trash talking everyone. So we'll break it all down. If you're new to the channel, be sure to subscribe to get all the videos. We'll do a new Amazon giveaway too. All you have to do to enter is be a subscriber and let me know which other big movies you want Thor to cross over into during Marvel Phase 4 and Marvel Phase 5. So just starting with the big stuff first, number five, Chris Hemsworth revealed that he would be continuing as Thor in the MCU after Thor 4 Love and Thunder. So everybody wipe your foreheads, sigh of relief, he's not going anywhere. Everyone start getting hyped up for Revengers 5, but his exact quote about coming back for more Marvel movies and more Thor movies reads like this. And this is him responding to a question in an interview recently asking him if Thor 4 Love and Thunder would be his last Marvel movie and if they're going to kill the character off or if Thor's going to retire like Captain America, the big twist at Avengers Endgame where he fades into the background before Avengers Secret Wars. So Chris Hemsworth said, and it reads like he was screaming when he was saying this, he said, are you crazy? I'm not going into any retirement period as he's laughing while saying this. Thor is far too young for that. 
He's only 1500 years old. It is definitely not a film that I say goodbye to this brand. At least I hope so. So when he says he hopes so, quote unquote, that's him just joking about his new contract in the political business stuff behind the scenes for more Marvel movies. Like he hopes that all that stuff goes well, because at this point, Marvel does have to pay him way more money per movie. Even though Disney does have infinite money, that was one of the reasons why they were looking for ways to move Iron Man into the background heading into Marvel Phase 4. They were having to pay Robert Downey Jr. so much money. His salary on Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame was actually enough money to make a whole other Marvel movie by itself. And just for reference, Chris Hemsworth and the other A-list Avengers characters besides Robert Downey Jr. each earned about $20 million for just Avengers Endgame. That doesn't include their salary for Avengers Infinity War. I think it was also about $20 million for Infinity War as well. And if you didn't know, he is correct. Thor really is only about 1,500 years old in present day of the MCU, give or take a few years. Time moves a little bit differently for them when they're that old. According to Loki in Thor The Dark World, just normal Asgardians, not the ones who are part of their pantheon, just the regular ones, live for up to 5,000 years. Thor, Odin, even Loki, who's actually a frost giant, all have those extra cosmic powers because of their bloodline, which allows them to live potentially even longer if they're not killed in battle. Like in the comics, Thor lives for millions of years, just like Odin once he gets the Odin Force. He almost lives long enough to see the heat death of the universe. But number four, when Chris Hemsworth said that he's not saying goodbye to the Thor brand, quote unquote, the brand, he's talking about the Thor movies. Now, that doesn't confirm that they're going to be doing Thor 5, because if they did, it wouldn't happen for several years till well after Avengers 5. He's mostly talking about the bigger Thor related movies like Avengers 5, or if you want to make the Revengers joke, Revengers 5. Potential crossover movies like a reverse Thor Ragnarok situation where Thor's the main character in someone else's solo movie, like Fantastic Four sequels or the Silver Surfer movie. Silver Surfer and Galactus have spent a lot of time crossing over with Thor in Marvel Comics, and the future of the MCU, per Kevin Feige, is in the multiverse and in space with big cosmic threats. That's why Nick Fury moved to that sword space station in the Spider-Man Far From Home post-credits, because the next big threat is from outer space. And Thor is one of their OG, most powerful, cosmic Avengers characters. So of course it makes sense that he's involved with the future of the cosmic MCU movies. Plus you kind of need to have a transition from the old Avengers team to the new roster with a couple of core original characters returning in Avengers 5 to round out the cast and serve as a foundation for that new Avengers team. No joke, right now the two most important Avengers characters that Marvel has coming back are Thor and Spider-Man. Thor has seen thousands of years worth of cosmic history, so he knows a lot more about what's coming for them in Avengers 5, these other big cosmic threats that the Avengers haven't learned about yet. Even though he mostly pretends to be stupid, so people will like him more. He just has all this knowledge that they haven't encountered yet because he's been around for so long, even though he hasn't gone full-blown King Thor yet, or Old Man Thor. Spider-Man is important for several other reasons, mostly because he, along with Superman and Batman, is one of the top three most popular, best-selling comic book characters of all time in the real world. Everyone around the world who doesn't read comic books or doesn't care about comic book movies still knows who Spider-Man is. If you show them a picture, they say, oh, that's Spider-Man. Within the story of the MCU, though, as it's evolving, he was also there for everything that happened before Avengers Endgame and the Infinity Gauntlet, and we're still watching him take the mantle of Iron Man that he passed down to him. That was what Spider-Man Far From Home was all about. I'll talk more about Spider-Man and Marvel Phase 4 and Avengers 5 when they start filming Spider-Man 3 later this year. There'll be a lot of Spider-Man stuff happening for the rest of the year. This video is mostly supposed to be about Thor. 
So three, just in terms of how many new movies Thor would be in after Thor 4 Love and Thunder, it'll probably be a Nick Fury situation where he does a couple bigger ones, like he's a main character in Avengers 5 because he's one of the core Avengers, and he does at least one other big crossover movie where he's a main character. And then on top of that, he gets a couple smaller cameos in the other movies to help tie things together, like his cameo at the end of the Doctor Strange post credit scene. Okay, well, listen, good luck with that, and don't forget your umbrella. Oh, can't you just magic it over to me? Oh, I think we both know even this wizard can't do that. <laughs> Then you also have Marvel's Disney Plus Loki series. It would be weird if he didn't appear in that at some point. They're still filming it right now. I'll do more videos about it when they get ready to release the trailer. It won't premiere till next spring in 2021, but I do believe that it'll run for multiple seasons. So it'll be really crazy, really weird. Everybody loves Loki, so it'll be a lot of fun. Then Vin Diesel accidentally already confirmed that the Guardians of the Galaxy would appear in Thor 4 Love and Thunder and that Thor, conversely, would appear in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Thor will also, the director talked to me about how Thor will incorporate some of the Guardians of the Galaxy, which would be very interesting. Nobody knows, but maybe I shouldn't have said anything. Remember, originally Guardians 3 would have been released before Thor 4. It was actually supposed to be released this year, but there were a number of reasons why that didn't happen. So we would have seen them follow up on this Thor scene from the Avengers Endgame ending with Thor still being Fat Thor, but hitching a ride with them for more adventure before Thor 4 had picked up. And then that would have been the end of it. Guardians 3 was originally just meant to be its own thing with just that little Thor moment. And then all the Guardians characters go their separate ways, mostly at the end of that movie, because James Gunn revealed it is the last movie with that particular roster of Guardians. It's not the end of the Guardians, it's just the end of that roster of Guardians. So when they come back in a future space-based Marvel movie like Avengers 5 or some other big crossover movie like the Captain Marvel movies or Fantastic Four or Silver Surfer, it'd be a different roster of Guardians. Early prediction too, we don't know which movie it's going to happen in yet, but there will probably be a Thor, Galactus, and Silver Surfer scene at some point after those two characters debut, but that probably won't happen in the first new Marvel Fantastic Four reboot movie. They'll probably just have Galactus Silver Surfer Easter eggs, like some vague broad implication of future Avengers Marvel threats from space coming for Earth. Like a version of the original Avengers post credit scene where Thanos shows his face, just letting you know that the Infinity Gauntlet, the Infinity Saga, is going to be the big story. In number one, the biggest stuff returning Thor means for Thor 4, Love and Thunder, because they're getting ready to film that right now, is obviously that Jane Foster Thor will not be replacing Thor Odin's son in the MCU as the main version of Thor. I think a lot of people had questions about that after the Marvel Phase 4 Comic-Con panel last year, after the reveal that part of the plot of Thor 4 would be the Mighty Thor comic book story where Jane Foster becomes a version of Thor. So right now it just sounds like Jane Foster Thor will just be a thing for this one movie briefly and then maybe they bring her back or that version of the character back for Avengers Secret Wars for some big multiverse twist depending on what happens to Jane Foster at the end of Thor 4. Christian Bale is still going to be the villain. Thank you very much, Tessa Thompson, for accidentally revealing that. I don't think she was supposed to do that. They haven't completely confirmed who his villain is going to be, but right now everyone believes it's going to be a version of Gore the God Butcher, since there are only a handful of cosmic-level Marvel villains from the Thor comics that they haven't done yet that are also big enough to be a threat for Thor. Thor also still has Stormbreaker, and he's still worthy, so the only way Jane Foster is wielding Mjolnir is if they reforge the broken pieces of the one from the main universe that Hela destroyed, or if we're talking about hardcore multiverse and Marvel Phase 4 movies, they use a Mjolnir from another universe. 
But let me know in the comments, just besides Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which other solo movies do you want to see Thor cross over into after Thor 4? There will be more Marvel trailers later this year. We'll probably get the first Marvel Eternals trailer with the Black Widow movie in November. So as long as you have alerts enabled for my channel, you'll see all those videos when I post them. But everyone click here for my Black Panther 2 Chadwick Boseman video and click here for the boys season two episode four video with a bunch of Marvel Easter eggs. Thank you so much for watching. Everyone stay safe. I'll see you guys tonight.